It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Time for our round one playoff reactions and uh, a lot of... (sighs) A lot of bad scores for the locals uh, on uh, the uh, first night of the uh, postseason, Brady. Not uh, a lot of teams made it through. Four. And one of the four had to have made it because it was Marine City, Yale, that game. One of them is ugly. But two, hey, we're guaranteed a team to make a semifinal. So that's nice. But yeah, this is going to be kind of a sad show. <laughs> the BWAC goes 0-5. Uh Northern loses. Uh, again, Marine Marine City played like Marine City. That'll be the happy fun time talk because Marine City kind of showed how they do things and why they have, I think, 50, geez, excuse me, 55 playoff wins, I believe, all time. Yep. Yep. That's a ridiculous number. Uh, but, yeah, the, the middle segment's going to be a tough one because – well, we'll get to there when we talk about it. But I think the last segment, for the most part, will be pretty happy-ish. I mean, <laughs> comparatively. He, he, he's trying, folks. We he, need he, a good he, Saturday. He really, he really is. Um, you know, I, I'll just say this real quick. BWAC went 0-5 tonight. This was a missed opportunity by the league to get respect around the state. We'll talk. We'll, you got to win some of these games. We'll talk about that, but Dennis, this was basically the DEFCON one scenario, wasn't it? Uh, it wasn't good, if if that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get we'll get rolling on it uh, in uh, just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky. Or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. 
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Gara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Gara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Gara Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You are back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady, and uh, we will uh, start... Uh, at Memorial uh, Stadium, where uh, Port here on Northern and Lakeview uh, were the matchup uh, in the uh, first game of this district. Okay, I knew that this was a good game, like a good matchup, two good yeah. football teams. Um, I knew both teams liked to run the ball. I knew both teams were good defensively. Lakeview had four shutouts this year. Northern only gave up 77 points in nine weeks, held their opponents to uh, under uh, – Two touchdowns in, or two touchdowns or less in every game this season. Yeah, I did not see thirty-three to twenty-seven. I did not see sixty points being scored. I did not see Lakeview with four hundred yards of offense and three eighty-four rushing. No, this was a game that I thought Northern had a legitimate chance. Like I thought this was a game that they could lose. Uh, but the way I saw them losing was like 15 to 13 in a game there. You're pulling your hair out because you feel like Northern could win. And a game that's scratching and clawing and trying to find a way to get that last little bit. And it's a battle between the 40s. They, they were chasing all night long. They fell behind 14 to nothing, got it to 14 6. Then they were down 27 to 6 at one point, got it to 27 20, but then it was 33 20. They scored late but couldn't recover the onside uh, kick. So in the end, you go, well, they only lost by six. But 
that's really not how the game went. Let, let's listen to it, and then we can uh, dissect it a little more. Horak, the run up the middle, and he cuts through. He's got a big hole. He's in the Husky territory. To the 30, to the 20, 15, 10, 5, and down at the one-yard line. Another big hole, and Horak ran straight through it. A 63-yard run by Matt Horick. First down and goal to go. Lakeview at the northern one. Stockett just kept the football, went straight ahead. And he's into the end zone for a quick Lakeview touchdown. That did not take long at all. Horick again is flanked by Griffin and Keegan. Keegan's going to get a carry this time, and he's into the end zone for a Lakeview touchdown. From three yards out. Keegan Tackett scores to make it 13 to nothing. So first down from the 17. They'll go trips to the uh, left side with DeLand, Kerrigan, and Cole that way. Williams to the right, prone the back. Williams goes motion to the left now, pitch back to the left for prone. Prone makes one man miss. Prone to the 10, to the 5, to the pylon. He's into the end zone for a northern touchdown. Hayden Prone goes 17 yards for a PHN score, and boy, did they need that. That'll cut it to 14-6 with 8.36 to go here in the first half. Weddle and uh, Griffin have checked back into the game with Horick in the backfield. Stock it under center. The give is to Griffin, and he's in for the touchdown. Ty Griffin dragging some tacklers with them the last couple of yards, but he'll score on the six-yard run, and Lakeview comes right back with an answer. We're halfway through the third, and Lakeview trying to put maybe another big nail into the coffin. Third and goal from the five. Again, the three-back look directly behind Stockett, who's under center, and he's rolling out. Stockett on the bootleg. Trying to catch the Huskies napping, and he will catch the inside corner of the pylon on the near sideline and into the end zone for a Lakeview score. On third and goal from the five, they ran the bootleg, and Stockett takes it in for his second touchdown of the game. And now Northern is in a lot of trouble. A little bit of a high snap. Northern was coming. They run into the kicker. It was blocked. The ball's loose in the end zone, and it is recovered by Port Huron Northern for a touchdown. I think it was picked up by Daniel Moore in the end zone. Another block kick by Port Huron Northern. Gets them a score with 1-12 to go here in the third. A little bit of life for the Huskies. It's now 27-12. They block the kick, and Moore recovers it in the end zone. Not sure who got the block, but Moore got the recovery for a Husky touchdown. We'll be down to about nine minutes to go here in the football game by the time they snap the ball again. In fact, we'll be under nine minutes before they snap the ball again. They're just breaking the huddle now. Again, they've got the beef in there with Moore and O'Connor in front of Buchanan. Bloink under center on second and goal from the three. Give his to Bacana. Follows his blockers this time, and he's into the end zone for a northern touchdown. And with 8.45 to go, the Huskies have pulled to within eight. 
pending the extra point, it's 27 to 19. Third down and eight. Northern needs a stop. Stock it under center. Three backs behind him. Now he'll step up. They're counting it down. He'll wait. Now he'll snap it. Running straight ahead, tack it, and he breaks through. Look out, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, stumbles to the goal line and into the end zone for a huge Lakeville score. Tack it goes 47 yards on third and long, and that is a dagger. Again, quads to the left, single receiver to the right for Bloink on second down from the 31. Straight drop. Rolling out, looking, looking, looking. Now he's going to fire downfield. Good adjustment by Williams. And he shakes his man at the five and takes it in for a northern touchdown. 31 yards to Maximus Williams. And with 2.56 to go, the Huskies have pulled back to within a score. And that's as close as they would get it, 33-27. They had two chances at the onside kick. The first one, there was a penalty against Northern. Now, it gave Northern an opportunity here, but Brady, I I hate this rule. If you have a penalty on the kickoff, the other team should just get the damn ball. You shouldn't have a penalty that you take give you another opportunity to get the ball. Well, when I I was able to listen to the end, and if it was an illegal formation... I could be wrong, but I believe that should be a dead ball foul. Like, like if you line – what did they say? They had seven guys lined up on one well, side. Well, ba- basically what they did, because they just kicked the ball straight ahead, so everybody was in one big group with the kicker. So the only thing I could think of was there were seven people on one side of the kicker. You're only allowed to do a six-by-four look. That's as overloaded as you can get. And I guess if that's the case – that would be the illegal formation, and then it, the kick should never happen. So that's the only thing I could think of is the foul happened technically before the kick. Then blow the whistle. Again, I, I'm not saying they did it the right way, but that's the only thing I could think if of. If you see that and you're throwing a flag as soon as he's kicking the ball forward, just blow the play dead. Again, I, that's all I can tell you, but uh, Northern, yeah, is, this is, a, I mean, I guess a little bit of a disappointing end. Not that they lost, but the way they lost, because what did we talk about all year? The Northern defense, and particularly the Northern run defense, and if it wasn't for a bad snap on a punt, Lakeview ran for 400 yards. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, and, and Lakeview kind of left the door open. Like Lakeview had this game in their back pocket at twenty-seven to six, and all of a sudden they get a holding call that takes away a first down. They have to punt. They get it blocked. Touchdown Huskies. Then they get the the ball back. They get stopped. Okay, no problem. We're out near midfield. We can pin Northern deep. They snap the ball over the punter's head for twenty-seven yard loss and give Northern short field to punch it in again and make it twenty-seven to uh, to twenty. But the, in the end, the Huskies couldn't stop the full house backfield. Um, Matt Horick had uh, 242 yards, 205 on 10 carries in the first half. Then they, they went away from using him. Well, I don't know if they're, they're saving him. I don't know what, what, what they were doing. But they went to uh, Keegan Tackett in the second half. He had six yards in the first half. He finished with 108 on 11 carries. Um, and uh, third and eight at the 47, you've got to get a stop there. You've got to get a stop there and get the ball back. It's a playoff game, 
and pow, you you know what's coming, and he gets 47 yards and a score. Yeah, uh, I guess the only thing I could say is maybe is this a result of Northern really only having one, well, two really tough games where they had to claw for it at the end, the Northern and the, or the high in the mock game, and they weren't used to this. Like from what it's you told me, it sounded like they got hit in the mouth, and it took them a while to at least settle down and try to respond. And by that point, they were chasing twenty. Yeah, they won the last three quarters, twenty-seven to nineteen, but they never recovered from the first two possessions of the game, where Lakeview just scored easily. Right. With the run game. And Northern had a couple of drives fall short. Uh, a couple of times uh, tonight they got into uh, Lakeview territory and turned the ball over on uh, down. So it, it was kind of frustrating in, in a couple of ways. Uh, the Huskies moved the ball all right. They thought they could throw a little bit against uh, Lakeview. And Dylan Bloink threw for 149 yards and a touchdown uh, tonight. Um, they ran decently in the first half prone finished with 83 yards he had 81 yards at halftime but you know and again part of it was they kind of had to abandon the run because they were chasing the game but I think they had five yards rushing in the 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 second uh, half but I'm going to say this um, because there was one bright spot that I mean you even said to me before we we went on the air this kid's got a bright future Amir Moreland is exciting. Like he was he's a freshman. I had him for five catches, eighty six yards tonight. He had a kickoff return from the twelve to the Lakeview thirty that I thought he was gonna score on. Like the one guy that could catch him actually uh caught him. Uh he nearly had an interception on defense. He plays both sides of the ball, just a freshman. This guy's fast, athletic. How many and touchdown exciting. saving tackles did he have? Well, he, he stopped the one. I, I felt kind of bad for Matt Horick. He had the, the three biggest runs of the game to set up three touchdowns. They wouldn't let him finish a drive. Every t- he, he got tackled at the one, and they let the quarterback sneak it in. He got tackled at the three, and they gave it to another guy to score. He got tackled at the three, and they gave two different guys a chance before they finally <laughs> scored. It's like the, the, the guy's your horse. Give him the ball. They, so he <laughs> kept getting his touchdown vultured away from him. Yeah. So, But, I mean, just like, again – it's been oh anybody not named De La Salle, I can't remember running the ball with that much success against I mean, Port Huron. Or did, were they throwing it? Uh, Rose, yeah, Roseville threw more. Uh, I guess to, to put a bow on this, Northern has a good amount coming back. Obviously, you lose Luke Fletcher; that's a big one. They have others. Prone's gone. You lose Bloink, but at least you have a quarterback that isn't completely. Unknown. Ty Fletcher went three and one in four games. So there, I mean, that eases the transition there. And again, two freshmen on varsity that played Haru and Moreland. Those are two guys to be excited about. Moreland plays basketball too, right? Both of them do. Oh my goodness! I think we're going to be talking he about might, them a lot. He might jump out of the gym in a game this year. And again, they're. I only- bet he can dunk. I will find out sooner <laughs> rather than later. Uh, but were there? Did you see any PH people there? Uh, I did. Perk was there. He was sitting in the middle booth. I didn't get a chance <laughs> to talk to him. So they were out scouting, and well, 
They can't put the cart before the horse. They have a game against Lance Cruz today, I guess, when you're listening. Again, uh, 2 o'clock, I'll be on the call for that one, about 1.40 pregame. But PH wins. They get another home game, and it's against maybe the Huskies they weren't expecting to play. But how's that got to feel for Lakeview? You go up to Memorial win, and you might have to go back, turn around, and come back up the next week. Uh, I'm sure Lakeview doesn't mind. No. I, I mean, uh, obviously, they're probably rooting for Lance Cruz because they crushed Lance Cruz the and first And they'd get a home play them too. But I also understand Lance Cruz didn't – Actually, no, they wouldn't. They'd go to Lance Cruz. Didn't play um, their, quarterback. their quarterback. He was hurt, and he came back, and they won their last uh, two games. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see because having watched Lakeview – do this to Northern, now I'm a little nervous about who the best well, hey, team in again, this bracket is. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. PH still got to beat Lance Cruz, and boy, the way the, the witching hour happened this or tonight, I'm not going to assume anything. Because there are games I thought you could write down, chisel it in stone, and it didn't happen that way. The one we were nervous about that we – we had a good right to be Lampfear 49, Marysville 13. Marysville turned it over on their first three possessions, and I think Lampfear was out for blood. Yeah, I, I kind of had a bad feeling. Like, this is one time we're beating a team and kind of embarrassing them, hurts them. Like, I thought, number one, I thought Marysville was really banged up. Number two, Lampfear is one of those teams that they're different at home. Uh, and they've been playing better as the and, season. And they've went been on. playing better. Like I said, they won their. I know they weren't playing tough teams, but 103 to nothing were their last two regular season scores combined, and they get 49 tonight. So I kind of figured that. I was hoping that Marysville would be able to keep up with them. Lampier hasn't been able to stop Sakuchi the last two times they played, but then again, I don't know what everybody's health was going into this one, but. I look at that score, and it's actually kind of where I thought it would be. I thought it would be a little – like, I thought Marysville would score. Like, if I saw 49 and you flip the 13, it's 49-31. That's maybe more where I thought it would be, but can't turn the ball over in the postseason, and that's a, that's a theme we'll continue on. But Marysville's going to have – I don't know. They don't have a huge senior class. Obviously, you lose Turner, you lose uh, Noah Lavalley, uh, but you still have Sakuchi. And well, again, it's high school sports. Life goes on. So a uh, they got back to the postseason. That was a step. But Marysville's trying to figure out how to get back to six, seven, eight wins a year and making it a habit of being in the postseason. Again, yeah. it's still been three out of four years they've made it to the postseason. So I don't want to act like this is program struggling a ton. But, again, Marysville's never won a district championship. No, they, they usually well, because get they want, a tough district. Well, yeah, and too. since the district championship has been a thing since like the early 2000s or late 90s they have not won two playoff games in the same season the the sad part about this really is if they would have won they would have ended up what getting a home game next yeah they would have instead Lamphere does but any other thoughts on the Marysville season just I I think again on at least on the offensive side of the ball they're they're young but I think that's where they're more talented players are 
Like, uh, oh, I, I do want to say Tyler Simpson was a very nice addition yes. as a senior. Yes. Shows up, plays well. That's some, one of the coaches. Every time you talk to a Marysville coach, they brought up his name. So that's a nice addition. Now, they, they, they would say to us, though, we need to get kids like him in as freshmen and sophomores. Yes. So by the time he becomes a senior, he's even more seasoned and developed. And maybe instead of just being a really good player, he's one of the best in the area. So... But this is one time where, where, you know, a team, Marysville dominated them the first time around, yes. where I looked at that matchup and went, no, 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 I don't want this. No. I don't no. want this. But uh, of the matchups that they could have had in, in that uh, district, it gave them the best chance to win. Amongst all this chaos, Dennis, amongst everything that was crazy going on, one thing remained constant. And it's that Marine City just wins playoff games. That's all they do. That is all they do. And they did it again tonight. 13 seconds into the game, they took the lead, and it was never close after that. 42-7, to they beat Yale. It was 42 nothing at the half. Let's get to the highlights and my conversation with Darren Letson because uh, we'll bring up – he talks about something I want to expand on, so – here, here's how it happened. Uh, Marine City's 42-7 win over Yale. Jakubiak, snap, straight dropped all the time. Throws, intercepted. 25-20, 15-10-5, pick six to start the game for Marine City. Paul Muscat stepped in front of a curl, and 13 seconds into the game, Marine City on top. Third and goal from the left hash on the Yale 5. Quick snap. Handoff left side. Heslop barrels his way across the goal line and into the end zone. Touchdown, Marine City. First and goal, Marine City. Tight formation. Deep man gets the handoff left side into the end zone. Touchdown, Marine City. Buck 14 and rolling here in the first quarter. 19-0 Marine City. Osterlin takes the snap, fakes the handoff up the middle. 45, 35, 30, 25, 20. Osterlin will outrun them all. Touchdown, Marine City. No one behind Osterlin who's under center. Straight drop. Looks, looks. Quick screen caught by Rufino. To the 10, to the 5, to the end zone. Touchdown, Marine City. Osterlin under center. Snap. Handoff Muscat up the middle. Follows his blockers untouched into the end zone. Touchdown, Marine City. Kubiak with twins either side, bar on his left hip. Second and one from the five. Puts a man in motion left to right. Snap, fakes the handoff. Jakubiak up the middle, into the end zone. Touchdown, Yale. And that would be to make it uh, 42-7. Again, first play of the game, pick six. I, I said this on the, on the broadcast, but Yale took a step making the playoffs this year, right? They, hey, that was a big step, yep. and, and Garrett Grunman has them on track. Tonight they found out how big a difference is it is from making the playoffs to being a team that wins playoff games, plural, every year. And, well, Marine City knows a lot about that. And Coach uh, Darren Letson was very happy with his team, played a very clean game, got a chance to talk to him after the game. This is what he had to say. Here with Marine City head coach Darren Letson. Coach, 42-7 win over Yale. You guys... We're just hitting on all cylinders. First snap of the game, you get a pick six. I mean, that had to have been about as uh, good of a performance as you could have asked for. Yeah, I, th I thought we played a pretty clean game. I really do. You know, I know a couple small miscues on special teams. We'll work on it. Um, I think some of it probably was the moisture on the ball just not being used to these fall nights with that. But 
uh, we'll, we'll handle it. You know, we'll dress it during the week. And then, uh, but I thought, I thought for the most part, we played a clean game. Thought the defense came up big. I would say that was a huge pick by uh, Paul Muscat right away there in the first play of the game. I mean, did a great job, executed his assignment perfectly, and the ball was thrown right to him. And then uh, he handled the rest. But you know, and then up front offensively, I thought our offensive line really, really handled things. Uh, and, and set the tone there with their physicality, uh, and obviously Jeff running the ball was 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 a difference maker from his physical uh, ability. And then Lincoln made some plays, and, and we got things going in the right direction. Seems like you guys are always playing your best football in the postseason. How, how do you take the approach that you know that weeks one through nine, as long as you get in, you can be dangerous in the postseason? Because I mean, I haven't seen all your games, but this had to have been one of the best games you've played all year. It was. It was definitely one of the cleanest. I just, you know, so many people, you know, the 9-0 and and the 8-1, 9-0 and or whatever, but, you know, the, the teams that go 9-0, and congrats to them. I just feel as a program, uh, through the development of our program, coaching with Coach Bob, Coach Tony, and Coach Ron there, we're sort of past that a little bit. I mean, if we go 9-0, and great, but at the same point, 9, that's not a huge focal point. The focal point is we need a schedule. Uh, to, to challenge us, and I thought we had that this year with six playoff teams and another going six and three um, because you need to be battle-tested going into the playoffs, uh, and, and, and I just feel that's important. And we'll win our share of our games in the, in the regular season, and then, and then we're going to lose some. Uh, but, but we just need to be battle-tested. We feel that's where we're at, and we felt we were battle-tested this year, and uh, we feel we're getting better and better, and we'll see where we end up. Congrats, Coach. See you next week. Thanks, bud. Now... Well, we can talk about the stats, but I really want to talk about what Darren Letson mentioned in the second half of that interview. Getting ready for the postseason. Marine City, again, before this season, they had won like 25 straight regular season games. Because, I mean, they're Marine City. And they just won their 55th straight, or 50, not straight, 55th postseason game. Which, again, is like double the next closest in the Blue Water area. But Marine City finds a way to win in the postseason, and it's because of the program. Dennis, what they do from the first thing in the offseason to week nine is for them to win in the postseason. And it goes to JV. Do you think Marine City gives a rat's ass if they go 9-0 and in the JV, or do you think they want to get their kids ready for next year? Oh, they want the kids ready for the next year. They want the kids to run the system the way they run the system. And that's why when some coaches go, well, our JV beat them last year, I'm like, I really don't care because Marine City's the example. Like, I don't know what the history is, but it feels like the three years I've done this, it's always been when I go down for the Marysville or St. Clair game against them, it's, oh, our JV beat Marine City. And then the game happens between the varsity, between St. Clair and, and Marysville. And the score is 40-something to not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's just what it is. Um, and, yeah, I mean – what I'm sure Darren Letson would love to go nine and zero and it all to be sunshine and rainbows, but hey, they were beat up this year. Zach Tetler was dressed, but he didn't take a snap in this game and didn't didn't need to. But Marine City comes into the postseason and they're clicking on all cylinders. And I know they didn't have the toughest matchup. Like, hey, maybe if they play Ovid Elsie or they play St. Mary's or they play uh, Lakeview, it doesn't go as again happy and awesome as it did in this one. But they played their best game when they needed to. And they're a win away from 
being district champs. For a third straight year, I believe. Yeah. They won in 2021. 20, yeah, 19, they lost to Almont in the first in the opening round. Yeah, the, this this was the eighth team they played this year who, who came into a game with a winning record, and they're 6-2 and two in those football games now. And, by the way, Durand lost, which blew my mind. Like, that came out of left uh, field. But, again, Lansing uh, Catholic, Catholic Central defending, state, the defending champs. state champs. I know they didn't have a great year this year. but I know, but a- anyway, that's besides the point. But Marine City, just the way they structure their program. Actually, sorry, they lost to Almont in the district finals again. So they have made a district final every year since they've restarted their playoff run in 2017. The last time they lost in the first round was to Almont. That was back in 2015. But... Like, Dennis, the Marine City program is set up, and, and you hear Deeran Letson talk about it. I don't know this, and I know Ubley's gone through coaching changes, but you go from Bob Scavish, Anthony Scarcelli, to, to Ron Glodich, to Darren Letson, and it's like nothing changed. And the program is so established there to win in the postseason. It takes a special type of program to ingrain in your kids the process, because Dennis... I mean, we were both in high school once. We were both teenagers. It's hard to have that long-term outlook as a high school kid. But it's at least from the outside, it seems like Marine City does. And they understand the bigger goal is how do we win these games in October and November, these regional title games, these playoff games. And in a week where the rest of the Blue Water area was burning, Marine City whistled past the grave and just wins another playoff game. Can't really add anything uh, to that. <laughs> I, I can't. I mean, they're again the the fifty five playoff uh, wins. The next closest uh, team in the area is either Beach or Ubley, and they're at like twenty five. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, no, they're. I think they're both over thirty. Either way, you're 20-some behind. Ubley's won 35, and Beach has won 33. So, so 36th win for Ubley tonight. So they're, they're, that still 19. puts them 19 wins behind Marine so City. Marine City. And Ubley, like, routinely goes deep into the playoffs. So Marine City could miss the playoffs the next three years. Ubley could basically win three state titles in a row. And still and not still have the same number of wins. behind Marine City. Again... It's why a lot of people hate Marine City is because they just win. It's why I hated them when I was in school because no matter what you do, they just find a way to do it. I said it to you when I was going over it, and against Yale, this is, this is a big difference between Marine City and programs just starting out. Yale in the first quarter, I think, had Marine City on four five or six third downs, and they weren't like third in a football length, all of them. And Marine City calls the perfect play. Talk about it all the time against other teams. You think you're going to get the stop against Marine City. You think you're going to get the ball back, back-breaking play, touchdown, game over. And it, it happened again tonight. Again, it was I think it was 28-0 or 21-0 and the Anthony Rafino screen on fourth and eight from like the 12. And boop, touchdown again. You felt like Yale might get a stop and swing the momentum a little bit and nope. So I just have to keep commending Marine City for what they do and how they are able to have the bigger picture ahead of them and how they know we just need to get in 
Obviously, they want to win their league. But, I mean, even Darren Letson said it. They're, I mean, 9-0 means nothing if you lose the first round of the playoffs. Um, Do you think Duran's celebrating this year? Yeah, no. No, the, they went 9-1, and one and they probably feel like it was a wasted season. Yeah. And Marine City can, routinely gets more out of less. It's not that they don't have good athletes, but the, the fact that Marine City, Dennis, since you can remember how many like D1 unbelievable superstar have to watch these kids, like scouts are flying in all over to watch them have their been, like one or two that, that went to play big-time yeah. D1. I mean, Brendan Kay was obviously the big one, and they've had a few others that have gone on. Like Scarcelli play, went to Central, didn't play a lot. He would have played a ton in D2. There are a lot of other D2 guys. But it's not like when you see, oh, Country Day comes to town and they have seven D1 commits and there's seven more that are going to play D2. It's just the program. And tonight is a stark reminder why Marine City, for some, is the, the shining beacon and for others is the evil empire. But at the end of the day, they just win. They just, uh, yeah, they just uh, win. Um, who they're going to play next, though, is not who I expected. We'll get to this after no, the uh, Do you the want break, the uh, but, stats, by the but way? I, but after I had, all, oh, I did a- not after see all any that, do you coming. want the Marine City stats? Yeah, I'm sure they're stupid. Um, for Marine City, uh, Paul Muscat had 64 yards rushing and a touchdown. Jeff Heslop, who played running back, and. He runs differently when he's a running back. He bullied some kids in the Yale secondary. He ran for 72 yards and two touchdowns. Lincoln Osterlin had 75 yards and a touchdown. And name another program, Dennis, that in week nine can go, you know, our, our superstar running back hasn't played in a while. Let's take our three-year starter at quarterback, put him at running back, put a freshman at quarterback, and not skip a beat. Yeah. And uh, these, these are valuable snaps for Osterlin moving forward. Again, go back four years ago. Who was getting snaps in cleanup duty back in 2019? Yep. Jeff Heslop yep. in playoff games. Worked out pretty damn well for them. Again, it's a bunch of little things that add up to be big things. And, hey, I, I know some people might have thought the world was ending after week one. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yes, okay. <laughs> I thought it was. I was the one over here saying Marine City's fine. They're going to be okay. But it, They're Marine it, City. For the first four or five weeks, they had to work through some lumps. Like, they didn't play traditional Marine City football, but they, I think after the Marysville game, I went, the light bulb clicked for them in that game, and since then, they they've been uh, they've been clicking on all seven. I, I said after whoever they beat in week two, they're fine. <laughs> Actually, I said after week one when they lost by a yard in double overtime, they're fine. Let's take a break <laughs> because segment two is going to be a funeral. Yes, it is. It's it's going to be depressing, and uh, well, we'll get to it uh, after this. 
Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasive, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. When today is unpredictable, staying focused on your long-term financial goals matters more than ever. Count on your Ameriprise advisor for personalized, goal-based advice to help you navigate now and stay on track for tomorrow. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. 
At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. I should have uh, broke out the Chopin and had the dun, 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 dun. Dun, no, dun, this dun, one was the dun, old, uh, dun, dun. the old, uh, the sound of silence. Hello, darkness, my old friend, because <laughs> that's what it sounded like, uh, or what it felt like um, tonight. So, do you want to talk the, about the BWAC as a whole, or do you want to go game by game and then kind of put it all in one bow? Yeah, because let's, let's okay, go game by game, and then we can kind of talk about what this Yale means lost to Marine City. That was expected. Like, Yale, if they win that game, that might be the biggest upset of the first round. Like, no disrespect to Yale. They're a younger team, and they're a program trying, like I said, trying to establish themselves. Yeah. They're not at the point where they're supposed to win that game. No. Th- again, if they do, incredible. But this is a stepping stone for Yale. However, the other four teams in the BWAC had opportunities tonight and we'll start with Armada. I don't know what happens in Armada, but the last two years, after great starts, last year they started 6-0 and and ended 7-4. and This year they started 7-1 and and then 7-3. and Like... <laughs> I don't know if it's just coincidence because I think this Armada team, the way it's built, and I know it's well coached, play, should play its best football in the fall. And and maybe they just played some good teams. The Kersley loss was bad. That's a game that you shouldn't lose. But you felt like Flint Hammity had not played a tough schedule. They hadn't beat anyone with a winning record. And I don't know if it was the last play of the game, but basically Hammity scores at the end of the game goes for two and gets it to win 36-35. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I, and I don't know Flynn Hammondy. I don't. But I looked at the Maybe. teams that they played this year, and I, I, I can't believe this score. Um, our, our made a, this is an Armada football team that beat Marine City at Marine City, that beat North Branch this year. Beat Almont. These last two losses – leave a really bad taste in my mouth. This stings. This stings. Okay, last week's loss, who cares? It was week nine. It didn't really affect anything. It happens. But look at Marine City. You figure that that game teaches you a lesson and you are ready for this game. Unless Hamity is better than I know. Hey, who knows? Maybe in a week's time, if we're sitting back here and we go, "Wow, Flint Hammity just beat Marine City forty-two to thirty-five," and you know if what? If that happens, sorry, then, then my apologies. But right now, I'm staring at this, going, "This is a bad loss." So we talk about the building blocks, right, of a program. 
Last year, hey, they started off 6-0, which was kind of a surprise. They lost to Almont 14-7. They lose to Cross Lex. They lost to, at last year was a good Kersley team. Yeah. They win a playoff game and then lose to Corona in a game. I think they had five turnovers in. Okay. And Corona's a good team. Yes. They, I mean, they gave Marine City hell the next week. So you go, okay. They played the really, really good teams and just were a step behind most of them. Okay, this is an Armada program that hadn't been there before. First year, they really kind of arrived and said, hey, we're a good football team. This year, huge statement to start the year. Maybe the biggest regular season win that school, at least one of the three or five best they've ever had. 28-27 at Marine City. Huge win. Then they, they lose to Cross Lex, but they bounce back, beat Almont, beat the tar out of North Branch. I mean, North Branch was chasing that entire game. They're seven and one. You go, okay, take the next step. That's finish the season. And they lose to Kersley and they let this one at home against Hamity slip away. Like, now the next step is hey, we know you're good, but. Now it's going to take a lot to earn the respect to be, are you going to make a deep run? Because the last two years have gone out with a whimper instead of a roar. To this, uh, can't, really, can't really add any more, or more to this um, other than Marine City's probably happy because they're probably looking wow. at... No, seriously, I think they're, they're they probably wanted looking the at going, sure, but uh, you, you got your choice of playing a second-round game that you know is going to be a hard smash mouth game to now I don't know how again I don't know how Hamity plays they're a spread team but Marine City you know this this seems like if you want to play a track meet with the Mariners they'll track meet you uh and if you want to grind it out they'll grind it out but and again if Zach Tetler's dressed that tells me that He's available. He's break class in case of emergency if somehow Yale was keeping the game close. So that tells me he's either re- good to play really close to being good, but give it another seven days and he will be a lot better and available. See, it's one of those things. You want the rematch until you go, oh, hey, they lost. We get Hamity instead. When they announced over the uh, loudspeaker that it was 28 28, uh, they were tied. You heard an audible, like, gasp from the crowd because I think they all assumed Armada was going I did. to roll. I did, and maybe that's, again, maybe that's unfair by us, but I looked at that, and, and for me, like when we do the picks, I looked at that and goes, oh, well, that's my one slam dunk pick. Armada's going to win this one by a couple of touchdowns at least. Hindsight might change how we talk about this game because I'm assuming I'll be at Marine City. They're one of like four teams left before the game's tomorrow, <laughs> so who knows? But again, yeah, this leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Now, Orchard Lake St. Mary's beats Cross Lex 28-14. This is killing you. It is. And the thing is, is it sounds like Cross Lex had their opportunities. I think they got in the red zone three times and didn't come away with points three different times. One was a bad snap, one was a pick at the five. I know they had two pick they threw two picks in the first half or the first quarter. It's a game that you can't play like that and expect to beat an Orchard Lake St. Mary's team. It just sounds like they had opportunities and they didn't execute in winning time. 
And uh, I know you, you hated them and you hated hearing about the run, but they're going to be the favorite to win the district now. They're going to beat Lamphere by 40. <laughs> they will. And that they makes will. you mad. Well, no, because I knew that one. The thing that makes me mad is, and we'll talk about this as a whole, is I was hoping if they did get to a regional final, maybe there'd be a team up in North Branch waiting for them. North Branch scored 41 points. Doesn't surprise me. The fact they gave up 61 is. They lose to Freeland 61-41. And this is a game at home, and I know Freeland's good, but... And what? What? Like, we talked about Northern struggled to stop the run tonight. I don't want to see Freeland stats because they were probably school record-like. Oh, I'm like, Freeland's given up 82 points in their last two games, and they're still playing in the playoffs. And they're 1-1. One one. Yeah. Like, North Branch's defense wasn't anything, like, superstar. Like, they gave up 37 to Armada, 21 to Croslex. Okay, 14 to Almont, 13 to Three Rivers. But it's a plus side of the ball. They had given up 108 points before this, and they gave up 61 in the opening round playoff game. And again, we thought there was a real chance North Branch loses this game. I just never envisioned a game where there's 102 points scored in it. Now, I hope that this isn't a pattern because we expected North Branch to win last year and St. Clair slobber knockered them. Yeah. We thought they had a chance, especially at home, and we obviously, they, they, would be the tough one. They scored the points, but the the, the fact that that Freeland scored so much, like, yeah, the, the, this was a shocking score to me. Yeah, and it seemed like uh, they were going basically blow for blow until it got to about thirty to thirty five, and then Freeland must have gotten one or two stops <laughs> that made the difference because you Could've scored. I'm assuming they scored six touchdowns, and you feel like that's enough to get the win. Um, so those are the ones. And then another one that if you told me this was the score beforehand, before the game started, I wouldn't feel too bad. I think it would be a good showing by Almont, 21-14 over at Elsie. But when Almont's leading, it felt like the whole way, 14-7. to They're leading 14-7 to going into the fourth quarter, and they lose 21-14. That was a chance for the, maybe the BWAC to steal a game, and they couldn't. And again... Is there any shame in Almont losing to Ovid Elsie 21-14? No, that, and again, that's a district of death there. Yes, which now if they would have won, they would have had a home game. Again, again, I don't know what Lansing Catholic is. They might be really, really damn good, and they might go on and run like people are projecting well, they, St. They Mary's must, They might. must be okay because I know Durand is good. Again, that, that score baffled me. But as a whole, so – I didn't think, outside of the Armada game, which, again, maybe next week we come back and go, okay, we were too hard on Armada. But three of those four games are tough. But as a BWAC, Dennis, we love the BWAC. And we love these area teams. We always stick up for them. But there's nothing we can say when our supposed toughest league goes out and goes 0-5. 0-5, and, and they're minus 77 on the scoreboard. 
Like, again, I love these teams. I want them to make deep runs. I think they're good football teams. But as a league at collectively, even if you go like two and three, hey, you, you can say, All right, we played some really damn tough teams. And depending on who wins, like if Croslex wins, I think they win the next week. If, uh, if Armado wins, they have another rematch with Marine City. Again, even if you take Yale out of it because they were the one, like they snuck into the postseason, you got to win something there so that when people around the state go, oh, the BWAC, Podunk League, and give it no respect, we can say something. But what, what are we supposed to say next year when we have four or five more BWAC teams in the playoffs and no one's giving them a chance against teams that aren't from the BWAC? Yeah. Or people are going, who are these guys? Right. Where is where's Crosslex? Is that in Canada? Right. Like when we, when the rankings come out next year and we feel, because Crosslex brings a lot back. When Crosslex isn't ranked very highly in D4, we can't really say it's disrespectful because everyone will look at the playoffs last year and go, well, you got a bunch of tough games in the playoffs and you all lost. You, you get fat on each other. And the, the Armada went over Marine City, turned out, hey, it was week one, things happen. Like, I just don't, I can't say anything, and I want to, because I love the league. Again, I hope it I hope it becomes the super BWAC like I want to, and then everyone can be a part of it. But I just, I was hoping at least one or two of those teams could make a run, because Dennis, I mean, even after this, do you still feel like some of those teams could have made a run to a regional or semifinal? Well, obviously, like uh, again, I think uh, Croslex, North Branch, Armada, even Almont. Uh, I think Almont had the toughest way, especially to after Duran loses in, in in that group. But but even Almont is, is capable. Um, the, the only team, and, and again, it's because it's the beginning of the process again for Yale. This, this is the rebuild. It was a great step making the the playoffs this year. I think they're oh, slightly ahead of schedule in doing that, but I didn't expect them to beat Marine City. But I thought Elmont had a chance to beat Ovid Elsie. It wasn't a slam dunk, but they had a chance, especially at home. I thought Armada would beat Hamity, especially at home. I thought North Branch had a chance with Freeland, especially Freeland losing the week before to Croslex, I know, you know, we don't don't look at it, you know, Croslex beat Freeland, North Branch beat Croslex. Don't do that, but you still do it. And then uh, Croslex, St. Mary's, you know, again, St. Mary's winning, is that an embarrassment? Absolutely not. But you thought Croslex at least had a chance at home against these guys to maybe get something done. Yeah, and – even one of those wins kind of shows if let's say everything changed but North Branch beat Freeland and we go see we still have a good league like we played tough but and that's a good point all four of those games were at home and I don't want to be negative because again there might be a very parallel universe to this where it's flipped and it's they go through the three and two or four and one and I'm having a party right now and I'm talking about how the BWAC's the best damn league in the state but it didn't happen <laughs> and to earn the respect you got to get those big wins and they just didn't and 
yeah, now now it's a long wait till next August, Dennis, for a lot of those BWAC teams. Some of them senior laden, some of them a little younger, some of them good mix. But yeah, it was just the no good, very bad day for the BWAC in the playoffs. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We'll regroup because hey, we got we have some positives in segment three. Oh, we do. Yeah. yeah, I'm just kind of, well. I mean, the first two scores I saw was like, nope. That's they <laughs> lost. They lost. Oh, okay. There yeah. are a couple of but, wins but up especially an eight man. Hey, we're guaranteed a semifinalist in eight man. Yes, we are. As a matter of uh, fact, we'll get to all of that when we come back. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-877. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Poor Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. 
Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, I want to give you some positive stuff. I want to tell you, Evan Prusky, eight carries, 159 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Heilig, 11 carries, 129 yards, two touchdowns. McCoyak, 10 carries, 130 yards, three touchdowns. Morer was slacking six carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown. You add all that up, it's like 6,000 yards rushing and a lot of touchdowns. And Ubley just kind of uh, sent Novell packing with ease. Again, all right, it took them to the fourth quarter to get to 49 points this time. It was only 35 nothing at halftime. They just I thought it was 42 at halftime. No, it was just 35. They just barely started the second half in running time. Shame on Ubley. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm dying. Uh, just like most of the teams in the area. Oh, uh, Too soon? <laughs> I laughed through the pain. Um, but, no, as we expected, Ubley gets the win. However, next week, I don't think they're in big danger, but they're going to have at least their biggest test since they played Harbor Beach when Michigan Lutheran Seminary comes to town after a 34-20 win over Harbor Beach. Yeah, I'm going to be really interested in how this – if Ubley crushes Seminary like they've been crushing everybody else, then stop the presses and give Ubley the title. The only way I could see Lutheran Seminary beating Ubley is if they win a track meet. Because I could see that game being touchdown, 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 and whoever drops the ball once is going to lose the game. Yeah, I That's know. the only way I could see Ubley losing because, again – they do what they do, <laughs> and didn't I say it, 40-something to six, and why can no one kick an extra point against Ubley? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they block them. Maybe they block extra points like Northern blocks punts. I, but, like, I, this happened to Marine City last year where, like, no one converted a point after a two-point attempt on them to, like, week seven. Eh, maybe it doesn't happen as much as I think. It actually doesn't. It's just a, been the last two weeks. A lot, a lot of those teams probably don't have kickers. That too. is true. It is, it is Division lot. 8. But Ubley, again, I mean, is, it, is next week the first time they can go, oh, all right, we have to pay attention when we scout this week. Uh, 49-6 over Novell again. Michigan Lutheran Seminary, 34-20 over Beach. That's a tough district. And I know Beach is, is good, but they got a raw draw when it came to getting Seminary in the first round. Yeah, no, I mean, well, what are you going to do? You're going to play Seminary or you're going to play Upley? That's the nature of the beast for where they're located. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing was it. Move your city and you can get a better draw. <laughs> yeah. take, take the city and push it somewhere else. 
I don't uh, think that's going to happen. Cass City gave Montrose a good fight. 28-14, Montrose is good. Uh, and, you know, the Red Hawks, I, I call them our adopted football team. I don't know if we'll talk about them in, in other sports. But, hey, they end up 5-5. Five and five, But the last two weeks, 27-14 to Beale City, 28-14 to Montrose. They've, they lost by 14 to Harbor Beach. They gave everyone they played a good fight. Maybe they were. Maybe we were a little too hard. Maybe they were just a step behind the really good teams because they lost to some really good teams. Well, that's what I was saying. That's why I picked them that one week when against everybody else Marlette. was going against them. Yeah. By, by the way, the four ugly backs rushed for 501 yards. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I, just, I was adding it up, and you went on to the next game, but yeah. Four guys, 501, 501 yards rushing. 501 yards in a playoff game. <laughs> like, come on, man. Uh, I just want to see the uh, – even if we don't broadcast the game, I want to watch Ubley with my own eyes because I just have to imagine it's they, – they call, all right, touchdown left or touchdown right? <laughs> and they, do they, like, rock, paper, scissors to see who gets to score the touchdown of that drive? Speaking of, you want to go to eight, man? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Speaking of we thought, just, what do we need? Oh, we need a touchdown? Okay. We thought the Brown City-Oakland Christian game would be a track meet. Dennis, I don't even think we could have guessed in the first half hey, I of sent Brown you City. a score what I thought it was going to be. I think it was a little tongue-in-cheek, but you did, and it wasn't far off. But in the first half, there were 74 points scored between Brown City and <laughs> Oakland Christian. It was 52-22 at half Brown City. The final score was 66-38. Brown City gives up 38 but still wins by 28 points. I imagine there was some running time in the second half. And... Good Lord, Somewhere Brown in there, they kicked a field goal because if they were 55 and they got 11 52. points in the second half. Or 52, okay. Yeah, 52. Okay. So, Brown City wants that rematch with Martin. And that, I mean, Oakland Christian's good, Dennis. Like I said, they have three or four dudes on that team. I didn't think they'd win by this much. I thought Brown City would win. thought it would be a tough one for them. I am going to say this. Now, I've been kind of biting my tongue about it all year, and, and this will probably get them in trouble because they have to play Deckerville next. But I think had Brown City been in the Stars, they would have won it. I don't think that's much of a stretch. I don't think that's like some furiously hot take. I just I, – I, I, I think – At worst, they, they finished second. I, I, I wouldn't have said that at the start of the year. No. I'm. Let, let's be honest. But Their first year of eight, man, not knowing a whole lot of Brown City – if they went, if they had a winning record, I think we would have called it a successful season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, now we I just like you know. Again, I don't know that they're going to win the state title because Martin really thumped them, or Adrian Lenaway Christian um, could meet them in a semifinal. Yeah, I mean there there are some really tough games on the path, including next week. Yes. Like I, I they're the favorite against Deckerville who. Upset Kingston fourteen to eight, if you want to call it an upset. Um, but the the thing with them is, I don't know that they'll win a state title, but they have gone above and beyond any expectation that I had for them 
when the season started. I thought this is a good move by Brown City to go to eight man. Do you think? I, the, I, I, do the, you think the, there's still one if, person like if they go six and three? Everybody there will be thrilled, and while, if they if they go five and four, they'll say, "Okay, this was a good idea. Let's move forward. We're going to get better." But they went eight and one. Now they're nine and one, and other than one game, they had just been taking it to everybody that they play. Do you think there's like still people in Brown City like, "Oh, this isn't real football"? As they win a playoff game by twenty eight points, when was the last time Brown City won a playoff game? When do you think it was, Dennis? It's probably a few years ago. I mean, probably not as long as I think, but it's probably been a few years. I was one year old. Were you? It was 1997. It's really been that long, huh? They beat Deckerville and Liggett and lost in the semifinals to Decatur. That's the last time Brown City has won a playoff game. They've been in the playoffs a few times. But usually they got smacked around in the first round by either Ubley or Harbor Beach. So, hey, first time in 25 years that you win a playoff game. Congratulations to Brown City. And Oakland Christian, again, is not a bad team. They finished, what, second in the Stars? Yeah, uh, but I again, I saw Brown City against Sutton's Bay. And Sutton's Bay uh, was a little down this year, but they had gone to the semifinals three years in a row. I mentioned Ubley having four backs rush for 501 yards. Yeah. The day I saw Brown City, Affer and Ford, two backs, rushed for 407 yards. Yeah, they're, Brown City's legit. Now, they scored 22 points in 39 seconds. <laughs> they can, All on offensive plays. And they don't throw it wildly either. Like they, they don't. They, don't they threw seven passes in the game that I saw. Now, Brown City has to beat Deckerville next week to get to a semifinal. Deckerville lost in Week Six to Kingston, fifty-six to twenty, and their season was on life support at that point. You're down to five hundred. You still have Mayville on the schedule. You still have Peck on the schedule. They take it to Mayville, who was, wasn't was bad this year. No, Mayville's been good for a couple of years. Atherton, who was... Pesky this year. Yes, was not a rollover and die. They won that game by eight points. And then you have to win a four-overtime thriller where if you lose in overtime, and Dennis, you know how coin-tossy high school football overtime can be, you are eliminated from postseason contention. You win those three games, and you get the rematch with Kingston. The team, the first time they beat you in 35 years, and what do you do? You get them the second time, 14-8. to Yeah, and, and, and this is weird because Kingston beat them by 36 in the first meeting. They scored I, 56 points in that game. I know Kingston didn't have all their horses, but you hold them to eight points. If one guy makes a difference between 56 and 8, he's a he's a dude. That must be a dude or they made some adjustments and Deckerville finds a way to win. By the way, how frustrating does that have to be for Kingston? Like imagine that. You the, the, the town just to your east beats you and beats you and beats you and you finally have a really good team and you get them in league play and your league champions 
first time since basically your parents were in high school. Maybe even it was before your parents were in high school. <laughs> and it's like, yes, we did it. And you match up in the postseason, and they beat you, and it feels like the win didn't matter. At your own place. And you had gone to their place the first time. Yeah. So the good so news out of all that, advantage. the good news out of all that is Brown City and Deckerville will play for a regional title. And we'll get a team to a semifinal. And they'll either play, I believe, Martin or Adrian Lenaway Christian. I didn't confirm that they won, but I'm assuming they won. I believe they both won tonight. I believe I saw that. So, hey, Brown City's got a tough game, but for the third time this season, they play someone that's not two hours away. Oakland Christian was actually like their third closest game this year in terms of travel for either side. So they have Deckerville. And I'm excited for that one, Dennis. Uh, Lenaway Christian beat Goebbels 49-7. to and, and Martin stopped I, someone. Yeah, I saw the Martin score a minute ago. Where'd it go? Anyway, one other game, as Dennis looks for the Martin score, is... Martin won 68-6. Yeah. Morris beats Peck 62-6. I knew Morris was good. I thought they'd win... Like a fifty-four to thirty-eight game over Peck, I didn't expect them to beat him by fifty-six. That was a little bit on the extreme side, but Morris shows why they lost like one NCTL game ever in like five years. I hate to say it, but I was really close on this pick. Yes, you were when you sent. I me. just had a bad, and this is in Peck. This too. was a bad matchup for Peck. It was, but Eight Man was good. By the way, Mooney Marlette tomorrow. So we get at least one more local team is guaranteed a win. Yes. Um, and, again, like I hate to say it because uh, so far the teams that I thought have been the favorite this week haven't favored very well. But uh, Mooney Marlette, Mooney runs the ball really well. Marlette's uh, defense in uh, the games against the, the bigger teams that they've played, they've struggled. And so um, – this will be uh, this will be interesting, and I know Mooney's focused. I was at their practice earlier this week, and Joe Cannell, you know, nobody's going to say it, but they want to play Everest again, and they're pretty sure Everest is going to win their game, so they want to be pretty sure this time they win their game because last year they were in the same boat, and they looked past their opponent and lost on the last play of the game. And they don't want to be Kingston. Yeah, although, again, I think Deckerville's a good team, and you well, want to no, talk about teams with playoff tradition. Well, no, like, like that, that's Everest. This is this is an upset, but Deckerville winning that game doesn't, like, send shockwaves to me. Mooney losing to uh, Lutheran Northwest last year sent shockwaves. No, 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 I'm saying killed this, them the first time. This year, hey, they finally beat Everest. You finally got them, and you can see them again in the playoffs. And – if you win, boy, does that put a big old emphatic exclamation point on on the series and on the way you perceive that rivalry. But if you lose, you feel like Kingston where you went, yeah, we got them. Yeah. But when, the, when we put all the chips in the middle of the table, they got us. But uh, got to win to get for, there for Mooney. You, you've got to win this game, and I will just uh, point out: look, look, check any BWAC score. Check the Northern game tonight. Check uh, the Marysville score. 
uh, it's you got to win it. Yeah, yeah, and please, someone make a run. It's someone to glom on to. It has not been a good year for my Brady football team. just really depressed, but he'll get to see Port here on high play on Saturday. I will. I'll get to see Mooney play. Uh, mine's a 1 o'clock kickoff. Uh, yours is a 2 o'clock uh, kickoff. Yep. And uh, if uh, Mooney and PH can win, I can have a winning week. Yeah, you go. Oh God, I don't want to talk about the picks. Um, but I, I think you have been at least tied with someone in the fans. I hope not. But. I think you have. We'll, t- we'll, we'll dissect it all on Tuesday's show. But, I mean, next week I can tell you I'll be at Marine City and Flint Hamity. And then depending on Saturday's results, Dennis will be somewhere. I'll be somewhere. All right. Anything else? That's about all All we can do. I'm going to let you just calm if, down. If, and... if you see me, give me a – I need a hug. Yep. So if you see me <laughs> at the Port Huron <laughs> game or just out and about this this weekend, just go, it, it, it's all right. We'll, we'll make some – someone will make a run. Go trick-or-treating, come to my house, and I'll give you some good candy. Dennis will I'll give, you give a out extra good pieces. candy. You know, last year, first time in my new house, I was all excited, and I bought a big old bowl of candy. We decorated the house, and I didn't get one trick-or-treater. Really? Yes. So you're down at the end of the block. I'm at like the start of the block. Yeah, but still, I was I was a little disappointed. We had over like we had like 150 kids to the house. Yeah, I had zero. <laughs> I got a rock. <laughs> you got a rock. Feels like I got a rock tonight. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it on that. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water area is stuck on sports.